everyone, welcome to Beyond Sunday. Thanks for joining us. I have uh, Pastor Steve here with me and uh, Adrian. Adrian's first. Adrian? <laughs> Who are Adrian? you? Yeah, you might have forgotten my name. <laughs> Your first appearance on Beyond Sunday. Welcome. Possibly um, his last. <laughs> might be his last. So you're saying there's a chance. I, might I always back. say that you're the best looking of all of our campus pastors. Mm -hmm. But that's as far as it goes. He's just good looking. He, that's, yeah. That's, that's all I got. I no, need you one can contribute. No, seriously, you can contribute Adrian's awesome and we're not going to rip on him. So... So that. Thank you. Merry Christmas. That's all. Thank I was. That's all I, I wasn't gonna rip Christmas. on him. I was just saying he's really good looking. And I actually took that as a compliment. All. all right. So um, great job this weekend Thank with you. Uh, with your sermon, Adrian. You as well. You get to preach live in Walnut yeah. Creek. That was fun. Um, which is great. And uh, so this weekend we're talking about Mary mm -hmm. and uh, the Virgin Birth. Mm -hmm. Gabriel announcing it to her. Her Such amazing, a great story. Incredible reaction that is uh, so inspiring for us all. Mm. Um, so let's just get right into a couple things that we didn't get into as much in the sermon um, that may be helpful. One of the things that stood out to me was was when Gabriel uh, announced that she is highly favored. When he said to her, you, you, right. "You're highly favored," he says it. He says highly favored, and then just a little bit later, he says favored. He says yeah. twice. Yeah, and highly favored is only used twice in the whole Bible. Hmm. Uh, the other time is in Ephesians, where Paul says we are highly favored. Mm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because. When I first read it, I feel like because she's gonna she's gonna carry and give birth to the Son of God, she's highly favored, and so yeah. it's like a special special designation just for Mary. Okay, that's where you yeah no, no. that's where I'm wrong. Yeah. That's where you're wrong. But she is awesome and is highly uh -huh. favored. And growing up as a Protestant, I didn't grow up honoring her enough mm -hmm. because Protestants are all about you know we're not Catholic, and it's like no, she hmm. is my favorite woman in the Bible. She's unbelievable. And at yeah. this point, I mean, woman is a little bit of a stretch. She's like 12 years old. Oh yeah, That's no, like, no I mean, telling. That culture I mean, at the time she is, but by our standards, we look at her and think, she's still a little girl. She's in junior high. Right. But her, her response- her do we, How much, do, do we know that she was that young? Or is that just a, like- No. There's a range. Is there any evidence? Well, if, yeah. There's a range of early teenage years yeah. when girls got married, yeah. especially in a little village in Nazareth. And especially the words that she uses to refer to herself as a virgin. Yeah. Um, that word is fairly specific. So she's mm -hmm. saying she's a young woman that's a virgin. Mm -hmm. um, right. And so that's what's amazing. In the, in the Orthodox tradition, I grew up in the, Ortho the Greek Orthodox Church, uh, the way we refer to Mary and Jesus together, if you walk into any Greek Orthodox Church, there's always an icon of Mary holding a baby Jesus. Um, which always creeped me out because he doesn't look like a baby. He's not cute and pudgy. He looks yeah. like a full-grown man being held by a giant woman. But that icon is called the Theotokos, and that's how we refer to Mary as the Theotokos, the, the God-bearer, the God-holder, but not just holding in her arms, but the one who bore him. And so it's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of similar to the, the Catholic tradition of building her up, but it's for that specific reason. Right. Because she bore Jesus, because she, she bore God, there's a, a whole different view of her. Well, the focus is less on her in Orthodox, yeah. and it is on him. Yeah. And that's what I love about it is that she bore the Son of God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Emmanuel, God becomes flesh in her. That is powerful. Crazy. Yeah, and it becomes a metaphor uh, for us, too, that, that, that God can be fleshed out in us. God can be born in me. That my actions, if I allow God to totally, if I say, I'm the servant of the Lord, whatever you want, that 
my actions be, can become Christ to someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can live that out. And especially at Christmas time, the holidays, people are mad, people are depressed, people are stressed. If I can figure out that the holidays is a perfect time for me to bring Christ into an encounter, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of gets to your question. Is she favored in a way different to us? The answer is kind of yes and no. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, because she physically bore the Christ child, but no, because she's kind of a precursor in that we're intended to be Christ bearers. We are intended to take God with us where we go. He is in, the Holy Spirit is in us and indwells us. And so in a similar way, we have that same favor. Um, and so she's kind of the, the precursor. She's foreshadowing of what mm-hmm. we were, uh, what we are intended to be. No, that's a great thought. I love that. Good answers. I approve of those. Those are fantastic. Steve wow. wrote mine out, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me, let me ask you a different question. Um, when Gabriel visited Mary, he changed her whole life plan, and he gave her a higher calling, but it actually was, it came with a lot of sacrifice, with a lot of pain, with a lot of struggle. And oftentimes we see God do that, as, as you mentioned. Um, have you ever had a moment like that where... God kind of called you to something different and it, it, it created a lot of difficulty or it, it created a struggle that was what, that was a part of it. I have, I have, I have a moment. Yeah. Um, let, I'll go first. Yeah. So, um, when I quit my job at Salesforce and came to work here at Cornerstone, it, it, it seems ridiculous now to look back and say that that was a struggle because now it's, I look back and say that was one of the greatest blessings ever. But at, in, at the time, um, I loved my job, and so to quit it, to leave it, um, and come work at Cornerstone, there was a financial struggle. There was the giving up of a, of a career I went to school for and, and put 10 years of work into, and the thought of, okay, I'm, I'm giving that up, mm-hmm. um, w- in the moment was a big deal and w- was extremely difficult. Um, and it actually took me three or four months from when John Gilpin first called me and said, hey, come work at Cornerstone, to when I finally was able to say yes to that. I think that's what, I think that's what I should do. Um, it definitely wasn't like Mary where it's like, okay, but I also didn't have an angel come visit me and like, tell me what was going to happen. It was a little bit more murky of, is this God's call or or not? Um, what about you guys? I think for me, the, the first one pops in my mind is when, before I was a believer, this is actually how I got, uh, started coming to church was I was uh, just a little older than Mary was in this story, and I was making horrible choices. I was um, using drugs and hanging out with uh, the wrong kids at school and outside of school and uh, breaking all the rules that parents always tell their kids not to do. And I was I saw myself very clearly on this path that led in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I was pursuing it, saying, this is what I'm going to do. These are the things I'm going to do. Um, and I remember I was with a friend who had kind of introduced me into that, uh, into drugs and that lifestyle. And as I was walking down the hill, I just thought, I'm so young. And I, my f- other friend, who I'd known since kindergarten, had just invited me to church. And I felt this clarity of, are you sure you want to go down this road? And this, looking back, I recognized that it was the Holy Spirit saying, Adrian, you have a, a brief window to choose. If you can continue down this road, it's going to continue to be more and more difficult for you, your family, and for you to choose me. And I remember I just turned to my friend and said, hey, uh, I got to go home. I ran all the way home uh, and was freaked out because I realized I couldn't hang out with any of my old friends because they were all the ones who wanted me to be stoned and wanted to to party with me. And it was incredibly painful 
to change my entire friend list except for one guy. And he became my best friend because he was the only friend I had left because he was the one who invited me to church. And it was, I think, a week or two later that I heard the gospel and realized, oh, that's what this is about. I need Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I look at that and think, yeah, that was a time where I heard the Holy Spirit call me. Um, and it was incredibly dark and difficult for me. Now I look back and it's a celebration. But at the time, yeah. as a young kid, it was horrible. Yeah. Wow. I think um, my story is more, uh, it's, it's more incremental than that. I think that God has always invaded my plan and changed it like by 10 degrees where I go, well, no, this isn't what we were going to do. We were going to do this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those times have even made me look foolish as a leader where I've told people, this is the direction we're going to go. And then, you know, the angel Gabriel shows up in my life and says, no, you're, you're highly favored. You're going to go this. And part of you being favored means... Mm you're going to be humbled and um, you're going to need God's grace. Yeah. And so I do remember when we, when we were just a Bible study and not a church and how refreshing that was for me to not be in paid ministry. And, uh, and I was, I liked that. I thought it was really cool mm. to be like a volunteer Bible study leader at my house. And people thought they were just like, no, you're going to be, you're our pastor and you're going to be our pastor. And I'm like, yeah, that, I think you think that sounds awesome. But yeah. to me, I really like my life now. And, uh, but you know, looking back now, man, that this has been great. But at the time it felt like I was kind of getting pushed into it. Mm. Do you think the big things are always like that in the moment? They look, I mean, because at the end, Mary would have looked back and said, oh my gosh, that was right. fantastic. I can't believe right. this. But do you think they're always, those things that God asks always initially look a little bit like a nightmare? Could be. Just because we don't know. You mm -hmm. can't look into the no. future. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it usually comes with great cost. And you can, it's, yeah. it's easier to envision the cost than it is the reward or the beauty of it sometimes immediately. Yeah, the unknown is the unknown. Mm -hmm. So everybody's if you have any ounce of maturity, you know that part of the unknown will be unpleasant. And mm -hmm. you don't know what part that is. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you maybe stick with what you know. So what would you say to the people who are listening to this right now or they're in their community group and they're talking about this and someone is in that moment of like I don't, I think God may be changing the direction of my life. What do you, what do you say to that person? Well, I'd say I'm jealous of them because those are the moments you look back on and say, wow, have, had it not been for God changing the direction, then the following things would have never happened. Mm -hmm. um, hindsight is a beautiful thing to build your faith. If you just look back and you yeah. go, you know, it's kind of like that word Ebenezer, uh, uh, up until now God has been faithful. And I would say to anyone in, in a group that there's even that confusion right now. Like, yeah. I don't know what God is doing. Well, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you, God is doing something and you're part of it. So you should be honored and you just fasten your seatbelt and yeah. go with it. Don't, don't, don't resist what God is doing. Even if you don't understand it, just put one foot in front of the other during the season. And God doesn't promise us an easy life or a painless life, but definitely there are some cool aspects to following him, uh, to finding your purpose and then leaning into that purpose. It's the best. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, the only thing I would add is like, I was just talking to a young couple that's going through one of these times, and I would I would say all that and look for God in it. It's you're going to be scared, but if you can see the moments where God is taking action or giving you clarity, it makes it easier. Um, he's not going to take away all your fear, but he might give you, he will give you the faith to go through it and deal with the fear or the doubts. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things in the sermon that we do touch on is a contrast a bit between Zechariah and Mary, because Gabriel speaks to both mm -hmm. of them. And Zechariah's questioning is about, well, give me a sign and how will I know? And this and that. And he just goes on and on. And finally, Gabriel, I think gets upset with him. And, uh, but with Mary, her question, she has one question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even the person with the most faith in the whole Bible, which is Mary, still had a question. So it's okay to ask questions. But at the end of the day, don't, don't, don't keep asking. Like once you think you know, move forward with it. Because hmm. you probably are hearing from God. Hmm. That's good. Even, even if you're wrong, he's going to reward that kind of faith. And he'll work it together for good. So we have so much less to fear than we think we have. Yeah. If we belong to Christ, yeah. we don't have anything to fear. Yeah. That's well, that's great. a great point. I mean, just looking at Mary, this young woman who takes this ridiculously bold step. We ought to be the bravest people on the earth. If we're a believer, we ought to be the most courageous people anywhere. People should look at us and go, why the heck is that guy so brave? Mm -hmm. Right. And, which is a great opportunity to say, well, here's, it's not because of me. Mm -hmm. um, but for the th reasons you just you know shared. Well, I used to think the word brave and the word fearless were the same thing. Mm. And so I used to think that if I'm experiencing fear that I need to back off. And the reality is um, everybody who has faith also has fear. It's yeah. not fearless. It's that we overcome our fear with our faith. Yeah. And part of the battle of faith is to say, I'm not going to let fear rule me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's still there. Yeah. You have no those old '90s T-shirts, those old No Fear T-shirts. If you have no fear, you're just dumb. <laughs> no there are yeah. things that ought to in, instill fear yeah. in us, right. but boldness is being able to say, "All right, I would rather be faithful." There's something more valuable than whatever that fear is mm -hmm. driving you towards. Mm -hmm. That's funny. That's a nice reference. Nice '90s reference. No fear. I, know. I just I like aged no myself. Um, I've been told. All right, let me let me change topic. Uh, we so you didn't age yourself though. <laughs> God, God is, did. God is aging. You're you. still great looking. So <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, so we've talked in this YouTube series uh, about essentials and non-essentials, and we've talked about a few non-essentials, like how exactly the creation mm. story worked. Was it six days or longer? That's not an essential. Mm -hmm. um, was Jonah swallowed? That's not an essential, whether that was historical fact or whether it was a story. Um, the, the, we had the, the women where we talked about women in leadership and women in ministry, and we took a strong stance on it. But it's not an essential in terms of if you disagree with that stance, you're not a Christian or you don't believe in the Christian faith. So Yeah, and you should still make yourself a part of Cornerstone because it's not an essential. Those are yeah. non-essentials that we debate, and they're, they're fun to talk about. And they, Not that they don't have implications, but they're not core to our faith yeah. as Christians. The virgin birth, all three of us agree, is an essential. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Like you, you have to agree that this happened in order to, to fully buy into all that the Christian faith is. Yeah, because look at the alternative. Yeah. Why? It's, why? Why is it an essential? Like, what, what makes us have that it's opinion? It's so simple. If the virgin birth is not true, then first of all, the Gospels are telling you a lie because mm -hmm. they're very clear. Mm -hmm. If the virgin birth is not true, then Jesus was deluded. John chapter 8, Matthew chapter, I think, 8, 
16, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. He says, I am the preexistent son of God. Yeah. So, but also if the virgin birth isn't true, then Jesus is the ill, well, let's not use the word illegitimate. Jesus is a, a child out of wedlock of a girl named Mary. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then how does that make him the perfect lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world? There's just a guy hanging on that cross. Yeah. It all fall, the, the gospel completely gospel falls apart if he's not God. Yeah. Yeah. So either he is God and Christianity's right or he's or he's not God and we're all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul talks about this. He says if 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 this isn't true then we're to be the most pitied. Mhm. So, yeah. Well, even the people who who would say at this point that the virgin birth is a non-essential and we don't not like true. They're, they're, the logic behind, because well, I've read some of those takes, there's not much, they have, they're not basing that on much. Some people say, oh, it's, it's too supernatural. It's like, yeah. well, wait. <laughs> then you, the then whole body. How could you create any of the gospel? Right. I uh, buy him coming back from the dead. And the virgin I, birth, nay. Others well, have said because two it. of the gospel writers didn't include it, that maybe there's not enough evidence. It's like, that doesn't make any sense because two yeah. of the gospel writers didn't talk about any of the birth stories. So it's not yeah. like they were intentionally yeah. leaving that yeah. detail out. No, There's it's essential. Yeah. The resurrection is essential. The the virgin, virgin birth, birth is essential. Absolutely. Um, you can't you can't have Christianity without those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a religion without those things is not Christianity. Mm-hmm. So a person calling themselves a Christian says, "Yeah, but I don't believe in the virgin birth. I don't believe in the literal resurrection of Christ." That person's not a Christian. And it's in what Gabriel. I mean, all the announcements is saying this is how you'll know. Yeah. This is partially it's the evidence of this is how you're going to know. But it's also every time Jesus describes himself and says, I am, mm-hmm. you know, when he's talking about that, it's the, like you said, the preexistent. I was before this. And so he was brought into Mary's body to be birthed as a human, but was God, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, he's a liar or deluded. Then we can't trust anything in the gospel. So I'm not 100% sure how someone could say, I don't believe this portion right. um, of the, the story of Jesus, but I believe that he still brings me salvation. Right. Yeah. Man, that, they're on any, the same footing. You couldn't even sense. say he's, he's a great teacher because a great teacher wouldn't lie. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is exciting to me is just the whole appearance of angels around the Christmas story. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. And what I've discovered is angels are at every major crossroads in Scripture. Mm. When there's something really super important happening uh, oftentimes from Genesis to Revelation you see angels showing up hmm. so at the birth of Christ and then again at his death there are angels and um, so I don't know what the point of that is except that it's just super cool that God sends his angels and the angels they observe us so like Gabriel he observes Daniel in 580 BC in Persia then he observes Zechariah in Jerusalem and then he observes Mary in Nazareth and it's three completely different people and it must be crazy the conversations that angels have with each other like God loves these people God trusts these people God's plan is to use these people I mean they don't they're not questioning God but man it would be weird to try to figure that out Mm -hmm. I wonder if they they wonder like they don't seem that special down there. I don't know. They wouldn't say that to God, though. No. <laughs> God says, they're, yeah. my, they're my beloved. Mm-hmm. Like, no. like the word favor. It's where we get the word favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I, f- yeah. I favor them. Yeah. That's awesome. Hmm. There's so much there for us. And you know what That's else great. is just awesome is that Mary is 
female, single, poor, in an, from an insignificant village. And it should speak volumes mm -hmm. to us. Yeah. She's uneducated. She's just Mary. And that's who God chose. Hmm. That's so consistent in, the, in yeah. the story of God. Yeah. Through, from Genesis, Genesis all the way through. He just I mean, delights so in consistent that. in that process. Yeah. In who he chooses to use. Picks the faithful. Yeah. Yeah. He picks the lowly. He picks the weak. His power is made stronger. He sees potential in us that no one else mm. sees. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we allow him to, he turns us into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a... It, it inspires me to want to be humble. Like, it, it, it's, it's, if I become prideful, I, I almost disqualify myself as being a candidate to be used by God. Yeah, he can't favor yeah. pride. He can't. No. It absolutely limits yeah. his use of you. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying personally. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wonder your, if your good looks have limited what God can do. You know what I mean? Obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sometimes I felt that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> Everyone sure. does, Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up on that note. That's um, a perfect note to wrap up on. I appreciate you guys joining us. Um, thanks, for, uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll keep going with this series. Um, as we continue next week, um, we are getting into the story of Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're going to continue on with, with the Christmas story and the birth of Christ. Um, it should be great. Um, we have Becky preaching. We have Adrian. You're going to be live in Walnut Creek and Matt live in Danville as well. And uh, we'll keep the conversation going. Awesome. Talk to you later. Bye.